Hello, welcome to Double Exposure, a conversation podcast about comparing and contrasting cinema, old and new, viewing two films through the same lens. I'm your host and fellow movie watcher, Bear Boswell. I'm just a guy who loves movies and loves talking about them with a bunch of my friends. This week on Double Exposure, we'll be discussing superhero ensembles in cinema by looking at Watchmen in a pre-Snyder Cut Justice League. And joining me to discuss superhero ensembles, he's a huge comic book fan, a wonderful podcaster, and a lover of all things super, Jason Chow. If you haven't seen these films, Watchmen was released in 2009, directed by Zack Snyder, and was an adaptation of the 1984 graphic novel, Watchmen. The film revolves around a group of anti-hero misfits within a noir setting as they work to reunite with each other and stop the planet from being destroyed. And Justice League, also directed by Zack Snyder, is an ensemble superhero film with massive icons of pop culture such as Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, and I suppose a few other important ones too. The film takes place after Superman is pronounced dead, and the crew begins forming a plan to also unite together and also stop the planet from being destroyed. Do you see similar themes here? Well, it's a Zack Snyder film, for God's sake, so they're pretty much all the same. If you haven't seen these films, why not pause this podcast and check them out? Join the Double Exposure Film Club and be a part of the conversation. But if you just want to listen to a couple of friends talk about superhero ensembles, let's get right into it. So Jason, my good friend, my superhero comic book loving friend who knows far more about this topic, how you doing? Hello. I'm doing well. Thanks, uh, Bear. Yeah, absolutely. Huge fan of the comic book genre in general, but a uh, really big fan of this resurgence of superheroes into the mainstream media. I'm a big fan of it, but it's also taken over into an almost overbearing state. So I kind of wanted, when you asked me, like, what comic book movies should we do? I wanted to bring it back to how can we epitomize the good and the bad? Yes. <laughs> so let's pick Zack Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, they're both done by Zack Snyder. Which is nuts. That, like we yeah. ended up because while we were figuring out what mm-hmm. to do, I mean, I directly came to you and said, hey, let's figure it out together because yeah. I don't really know where to start. I've seen a lot of these movies, but I don't really know where to start. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize that we both came to the conclusion of Watchmen and Justice League and that they were both Zack Snyder until you said it in a text message like, Oh, both Zack Snyder. I was like, well, here we go. All right. Uh, yeah. You know, absolutely. we're just going to do this and absolutely. just see how it goes. And, and yeah. in terms of like juxtaposing movies, it's fantastic because you get to see something, you get to see two things from the same person more or less. Right. You know, we'll, we'll talk about how the justice league is kind of his vision, but how different they can be in terms of quality and tone, but they're all very very similar, but they're so different in quality, I think, specifically. Right, like two different franchises, yeah. obviously, in two different realms, mm-hmm. I guess. Both DC, yeah. but Watchmen and um, Justice League, or just DC in general, mm-hmm. are very separate from each other. In no way do they, to my knowledge, do they overlap. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, at least in the context of when these films were released, that was absolutely true. And then you get the idea that, you know, talking about how they, they're so different, Justice League... You know, they're they're such an iconic team. No one doesn't know Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. When the Avengers came on, some people were like, who the heck are the Avengers? Yep. Who are these? Who are these B team people? But like, right. Everyone has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows who the Justice League are. Yes. And the, like how they represent this epitome of hope and childlike wonder. Oh, yeah. You have big again, big names. Big, Huge na- names. big names. And 
meanwhile, you have the Watchmen who are kind of almost the nega Justice League, to yeah. use like a, a hokey comic book term. But they kind of are so similar because of that Zack Snyder vision. They're both like pessimistic, unfortunately, even though Justice League is supposed to be optimistic and how Watchmen is kind of really, really poignant and kind of dissects what's wrong with superheroes while Justice League was supposed to put them on a pedestal and deify them. But is that really what happens in terms of the quality and outcome of this film or of these films? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. That parallel each other? Yep. But we'll get into how they're different and why that's good or bad. Right. And I love the good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> because for me in these movies, um, one being I've seen it twice, that is Justice League. Mm-hmm. And Watchmen I've seen once. Yeah. Seeing Justice League for a second time, I've said this and I'll say it again. Yeah. It is so interesting to have to watch a movie for the podcast, like to have to sit down and actually have it be an assignment. Yeah. Because this movie was <laughs> so incredibly difficult to watch. Yeah, no, I didn't finish it. I I, I know you didn't I got, finish it. I got my notes I down. cannot believe you didn't I, finish it. I've watched it before. I don't I got care. The I went through this, man. <laughs> I'm, I watched Watchmen first. I'm fuming. And then by the time I got to Justice League, I, like, I got some good notes down. Yeah, I did I got you? Through some but good you didn't scenes. finish the damn movie. And by the time it got to... I'm sorry. Like... I, I got the gist. I, I know. Got, I got the, yeah. And you're, you're the one that can say that because you <laughs> know all of the comic book stuff. But I legitimately, yeah. I don't think you understand how focused I had to be for Justice League. I mean. I'm sorry. That's, I, I know. That's I had brutal. to be. I had to be. And I still was like, what yeah. the shit is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But that's the, that's the wonderful, like, being a comic book fan and watching these movies. A lot of certain fans will just put everything as the best, right? Right. Or say just because it, it features their favorite heroes or whatever it that's is that, huge with that it has that's to be big. the best or mm-hmm. it's the greatest thing that's ever come out. But it's great to come back and realize, like, even though Watchmen is really great, at times I don't agree with its message or I uh-huh. find its message hokey or I find its delivery unsatisfying Mm -hmm. and that's the better of the two movies so you don't even want to know what i want to say about justice league but it's good to come back and just say you know what sometimes if i'm gonna defend this fandom of mine sometimes you get a bad egg and sometimes it's okay you know you get a bad egg and we can just forget that things happen we didn't even cover suicide squad now that is a that is a garbage movie. that's a bad movie and i was at the point in my life where i didn't really know what a bad movie was yet when i saw that like i (laughs) yeah i remember seeing the movie batman versus superman and thinking that was pretty good and realizing oh i had no idea what a movie was at that point (laughs) when i was a kid yeah like and then now and i saw uh, Suicide Squad kind of around that time because mm-hmm. I really started getting serious about movies, what kind of movies I liked, what mm-hmm. kind of movies I didn't like, you know, all that. About three years ago, I really got serious with it. So nice. obviously during Suicide Squad, I had no idea. Yeah. When I saw Justice League for the first time, I looked at my dad and I said, I think that was the worst movie I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. And it and I actually felt nauseous watching it, which yeah. is, it, it's, it's tough because... I watched it before Watchmen and Zack Snyder has this like certain effect that he does just with all of his movies mm-hmm. that are very dramatic. He does the slow-mo thing, you yeah. know, where it's like, yeah, am I looking it. at a picture? Yeah. Oh no, he they're just moving so slow. Yeah. 
on a green screen. Yeah. Pretty much. And mm-hmm. I recognize all of his little antics, all yeah. of his little things, you know, yeah. the rock and roll music, the ACDC, you know, the, <laughs> the, the big, the big, the big number songs. The weird desaturated, plays. but also very high contrast filter. He freaking loves in all of his films. Yeah. So be glad I didn't make you watch suicide squad. It's, it's bad. And we'll get to why these Thank are bad. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> really nice of you, man. You know, you're just yeah. looking out for me, not as just a guest, but as yeah. a friend. As a yeah. friend, man. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it, we'll get to why these are bad. But I also, yeah. you know, want to just sprinkle in why these are good. But but it's nice that we again chose something from the same genre, but also from the same same director. Direct, the, the same director. Juxtaposition. Huge. Yeah. The juxtaposition out of this is really what I was looking for personally. And I think we found a really nice balance there. But we'll talk about the good and the bad. Right. And with that director thing comes, you know, in a way, this is a superhero ensemble. But in a small part, it's a analysis of Zack Snyder. And it's talking (laughs) about his what he does in movies Mm -hmm. and why he does the same thing and why it works and why it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Exactly. He's a pretty popular figure in blockbuster cinema, which is a pretty big genre. Uh, he's done 300. He has done um, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, he has done Sucker Punch, the all-female kind of ensemble mm-hmm. as well, a little bit of anti-hero. He did the Dawn of the Dead remake. He's done a bunch of stuff, and he's known for these big movies with big topics, a lot of ensembles, you know, historical, not remakes. Mm-hmm. And... He's known for superhero films, obviously. His direction style has gone widely recognized as being able to be a little bit raunchy with his takes on either superhero or not. Yeah. But frequently what we see, too, is he is suppressed by production companies, what we have seen. Yeah. And because that's a big theme within Justice League. Mm -hmm. But he comes out with a lot of really big ideas, very adult. You know, we see 300 and Sucker Punch mm-hmm. and Watchmen as being pretty adult graphic movies. Yeah. Um, and that's what he wants to do. He wants to add that touch. Yes. And so within the realm of the DC comics of Superhero and mm-hmm. Batman and Wonder Woman, he's halted because the studio says, money. You got to think about money. We want to yeah. sell this, you know? Absolutely. He can't make a R-rated DC comic book movie. Yeah. Well, he did with Watchmen. He did, yeah. He, he oh, did it well, with Watchmen. I, yeah, yeah, I guess like mainstream comic yeah. is what I mean with superhero or absolutely. Superman and Wonder Woman. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, because no, but I, Watchmen is not as widely known. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that is no clearer scene than when we juxtapose Watchmen with Justice League. Yeah, because Sucker Punch was like Zack Snyder's. Like, I can do whatever I want. I'm gonna do whatever I want. This is what my brain looks like, and it's. To summarize this section of like talking about Zack Snyder's qualities as a director, he's very style of over substance. Uh-huh. So we so we look at the opening of like Watchmen, which is the much superior opening. I'm just gonna say that outright. But we start off with Watchmen. How it's incredibly dark lit. There uh, is a burglary scene for the comedian, right? Followed by this like unknown semi character. unknown character, yep. semi poignant like voiceover. It's trying to be poignant. Maybe it is Alan right. Moore's writing. Make of it as you will. It's I noticed in these action scenes, um, very good, impactful superhero strength and speed, 
very comic booky in how much shadow there is. Yes. Also very wide shot action scenes, almost a la like 70s kung fu movies. Yes, and very dramatic angles with, yeah, angles. with punching and yep. the the noises are incredible. Incredible. There's so much impact in the scene while still being like kind of silent and being overridden by music and it's it's really striking as an opening scene. Yes. It's incredibly dark. It's very indicative of like comic book imagery without without being like full angly, let's do the panel work, you know? Like yeah, let's kind really, of the revolutionary yeah, action yeah, yeah. sequences. Yeah. Yep. It it pays homage to comic books beautifully. Yep. But then you you have the Justice League opening, which is a botched reshot CGI mess. I thought the message in the beginning of from the, a phone from a phone it's a perspective of a kid on a phone and so those he kid changes actors. the aspect ratio to a literal iPhone yeah <laughs> which like, I get that's it. how the movie opens it's supposed to be found footage by kids but you don't have to do you don't that. have to do that yeah and then also those kid actors suck so bad um um yeah um, just say the word yeah, man yeah. <laughs> don't add, don't add, try are to you get kids. Superman there's one kid who literally talks like that. Like Joss Whedon has never talked to a real child. Um, so I, think Joss, so I think that was a Joss Whedon that, one because Joss Whedon he took over for the reshots. Yeah. Okay, that's and, an important thing. I feel like absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah, there was there was there was deep meaning behind that, horrifically executed. But let's talk about the Joss Whedon aspect of Justice League because if we're going to fairly compare the two, Justice League is not a full on Snyder vision. It is a Frankenstein between Snyder and. Whedon and corporate WB. Yep. So let's be fair. So any listeners out there who were like, yeah, but that's not a fair comparison and the Snyder Cut is coming out and release the Snyder Cut. Yeah. <laughs> you sweaty fanboys out there. By the time this episode comes out, the Snyder Cut will be available to all. Yeah. Currently, we are seeing all of the social media posts of the new Joker, mm-hmm. the trailer drops soon, mm-hmm. all this, and everyone's getting really, really amped because yep. it's four hours and it's R. <laughs> Which is insane. (laughs) Insane. Because Watchmen, the final director's cut, which Mm -hmm. you and I talked about watching, and we both both decided to stick with the theatrical. Yeah. But that the director's cut Mm -hmm. is three and a half hours long. How long is the original movie? Like two and a half? Two hours and 40 minutes. Okay. Two hours and 42 with credits. Since it's a a Zack Snyder movie, there's about 15 damn minutes of credits. Sure, yeah. So, (laughs) because there's so many... Yeah special effects you yeah absolutely yeah any superhero you. movie like its runtime yeah. is, is false because it's about <laughs> 12 minutes less than what it says usually <laughs> that's fair that's fair but so it's not a fair comparison that we're comparing these two movies but no because i know yeah it, it's not fair i'm yeah we're sorry Zack snyder we're, we're s- kind of punch him in the balls we're a sorry bit. sweat boy dc fans all right yeah. i'm at me please yeah i'd love to but what, what I will say that are there are moments that are very specifically Zack Snyder. And those moments I will critique and, and compare and contrast with the moments of Watchmen. Right. Um, I will say, comparing these two movies, watching them fully through, it there's a lot of Snyderisms. We can talk about that. But ultimately, I think why they falter and fall between the two movies, even though they're made by the same guy, is because of the scripts or the premises. Uh-huh. Zack Snyder isn't substance. He is very style-based. And Watchmen was adapted from the 1980, what, three, you said? 84? 84. 84. 84 novel uh, Watchmen by the great Alan Moore, an incredible writer in the comic book world, but just also just writer in general. Mm -hmm. Whereas Justice League was based off of this comic called Justice League War, which 
the two purposes of those comics are very different. Watchmen is this secluded, like, inside its own bubble story that had a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. But Justice League War was meant as, all right, we've launched this new reboot of our DC universe because it's 60 years running and no one can keep up. So we're going to reboot it and we need this team to assemble in some way while we're not going to completely say the story doesn't matter. The whole point of the story is that they assemble. Okay. Right. Right. And it's part of a chunk of a continuation story. This is one chapter in a long saga. The the movie is? Uh Justice League War. Sorry. Justice League War. The comics they're adapted from. Okay. Because where I feel like Zack Snyder falters is his adaptation or just general his scripts. It's the script, man. It's the writing. It's the script, yeah. It's literally, the writing holds him back so much. Exactly. Because he's trying to tie in Mm -hmm. these philosophical love topics and everything, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't know shit about it. (laughs) He wants so badly to replicate these morals and these... Yes, yeah, love and These themes and, and, yeah, and and this great dialogue. Basically, it's like he just looked up a Wikipedia page of, like, Mm -hmm. what are the biggest topics of life? (laughs) Love, death, joy, you know, sadness. And he just, you know, Mm -hmm. lets Wonder Woman say all of them. Yeah, Yeah. that's totally fair. We have to be strong together because we love each other. (laughs) And you're like, Gal Gadot, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you have to go through this? Yeah. And it works in Watchmen because that's the point of Watchmen. Yeah. Is that it's meant to say something. Yes, it does. It has a bit of, yeah, it's a message for the anti hero because it fits better. Yes. Because it's R, because it matches all of this like grotesque, you know. Yes. Battle stuff, like it matches it and the sex scenes and all that, you know, like it all makes sense. It's a weird mirror reflection of what the Justice League was in the 80s. Right. Oh, this, this, you know, unite the seven, this pantheon of basically gods are just allowed to roam free in our society and live perfect lives all the time. Exactly. And people don't really. Wouldn't they be flawed? They don't look at this guy that has this changing mask on his face. Can you explain that to me? How does it that because it's like the patterns, right? It's like yeah. the Rorschach, yeah, Rorschach's pat. How is it that his sh- his uh, patterns shift like that? Yes, I believe because he's talking. Uh, no, I think it just happens. I think from like more of a supernatural from from a film standpoint, it's just a cloth mask with a pattern on it, but they CGI the moving patterns. The moving. I, love, I, I think it looks amazing. It looks by the way. fantastic. It looks awesome. I am visually drawn to that in the movie. Yes. Like it's really fun to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe Which in the comics. Rare. And again, don't flack me on this. I'm sorry, guys. It's been a long time since I read the opening chapters of Watchmen. But I believe the explanation for that in the comics is something like he discovers a liquid gel that reacts to thermodynamics of somehow. Oh. And so they move in because of heat. Okay. Exuded out. Um, I'll take it. That's, yeah. yeah. It's comic book knowledge. Yeah. At one point, Superman was able to spawn miniature versions himself out of his palm, and then those mini Supermans could spawn mini Supermans. Comics are weird. Um, but yeah, like, and embracing that weirdness is something that doesn't happen in Justice League. There's a lot of moments that Zack Snyder tries to insert in the movie Justice League that ring to what he tried to do. It's like it's like when a high school football player tries to play back their old, you know, hits. You know, he's an Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. <laughs> I could throw a but, <laughs> Yeah. But like Come he on, guys, he I tries this, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. He tries to hit that with like 
Cyborg, he tries to hit that with Superman. He tries to hit that with the death of Superman, how it affects Lois Lane and his mom. But they never hit. They never hit because not only is he trying to do too much, but ultimately we don't care because that's not the point of the story. And that's what Zack Snyder kind of like missed with this movie. The whole point of the story is there's an alien invasion. Let's bring together these individual characters Mm -hmm. because together their power is more than the sum of their individualism. It doesn't really matter if they're facing existential crises. Like Cyborg is meant to be a character who has borderline omniscience because he's plugged in to right. he's the like, world's Wi-Fi all the time. Right, and he like should be dead. So yeah, he, has he should this be weird dead. Existential, like I shouldn't yep. be here right now, but yet I am. Yeah, but I'm not me. Yeah, he's yeah. a high school football player who just wanted to play football. And now he has the powers of or knowledge of a god. That doesn't. That's work. hilarious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like the potential of it done, exists. And yes, they could have. That's what I'm saying. They could have done mm-hmm. so much more with that. Yes, but at the same time, it doesn't work in the context of this film because even though that's a great bit. Why does that matter when your villain is not his existentialism? Your villain is here's a putty gray man who's who has mommy issues with a cube. Really loves cubes. Yeah, Yeah. he loves his mom cube, and he what? Like it doesn't matter as a comic book fan, and even as a general audience member, it doesn't matter. And that's the huge crux of Justice League that Zack Snyder doesn't get through his head is that in an ensemble movie, in a multi-universe, like, cinematic experience, whatever BS that Marvel has put out, you've forgotten what matters, and that is audience enjoyment. You're just... He's just stroking himself because he thinks he's... He is a fan. I'm not going to say he's not a fan, but he's stroking himself because his knowledge is too much, and he needs to dial it back and say, what are the main points of this story? It's to develop character dynamics, it's to develop certain characters, and it's to develop this team. Yes. Instead, yeah, it's exactly. It's the development because the biggest thing I took away from Justice League was that there was no development whatsoever. There was no ability for me to know anything about these characters. Yeah. I don't know who the Flash is. I mean, obviously, we know who the Flash is. I actually legitimately did not know who Cyborg was. I had Ah. no idea who this Mm -hmm. is. I'm like just this high school kid that got in a rough accident like <laughs> sorry bro and your dad's just a absolute freak yeah i don't know there was no background information yeah, man and absolutely. it was such a shame because i think ezra miller is a really great up-and-coming actor mm-hmm. and the fact that he got sucked into this and played such annoying role yeah like it just really it, it hurts me that yeah. they like i think i think ezra miller has a lot of potential uh-huh. he's very popular within outside of the actors realm with his you know kind of lady gaga as costume and yeah. mm-hmm. um uh just as a personality just his personality is very likable yeah just within the entertainment community mm-hmm. of you know the people that just view him like he's just he comes he's very very strong personality in general and has a lot of strong opinions and people like that yes and he was so flat in this film yeah Flatter than cardboard, brother. <laughs> I mean, come on. But like, not that jawline. There ain't nothing flat about that jawline. Oh, my those gosh. Cheekbones. Dude, it's a great pyramid <laughs> of Egypt, those cheekbones. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's a, yeah, he's a great guy, dude. Like, and that's the yep. thing. Like, good looking, mm-hmm. hilarious, and they didn't use it. They didn't yes. use a lot of these actors. Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. she was probably one of the best parts about that movie. Mm-hmm. And she was terrible. <laughs> she was so bad. Yeah. And I, she was one of the best parts. <laughs> Well, I so I think that's another Snyderism here. 
yep. between the two movies is Snyderism. how yeah Snyderism. I know um, is how much did you grasp the characters or understand the characters? Right. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about that because that's an amazing point uh, on the Justice League characters and their characterization and wasted potential. Yes. Whereas in Watchmen, like if I'm gonna compliment sandwich this right, Watchmen is fantastic. Uh, the movie because Zack Snyder understood that the Watchmen the comic in in the 80s was this dark mirror version of what Justice League members were. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting that we're comparing the two, that he's done the two films and that they're so intertwined in each other's history, both comics and films. Um, But the Watchmen were this dark mirror of them, right? So we have like Rorschach, who's just this overt mirror of Batman, right? He's a detective. He has the deep growly voice. He's the, the whole like, when are you going to understand you're locked up in here with me? I'm not locked up in here with you. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the I'm, gravelly. I yeah, like the gravelly yeah. voice. You don't understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jackie, you're like fucking I've been wandering it. these streets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a little, he does it a he overdoes it, overdoes it a little yeah, bit. But you exactly. Know, like that's overcooked. Yeah. It's a, it's a meme it's gotta be, that's on, a, on Batman. Yeah, exactly. And like how psychotic he is. That's a perfect parallel with how Batman was becoming in the 80s. Almost too dark. Because in the 80s of comics, uh, they were kind of losing viewership. Comics to this point were just for kids, so they were silly. Let's make Superman sprout mini Supermans out of his palm. Right, yeah. Let's, Let's give it a childlike appearance. Yeah, yeah <laughs> of course. Because back then, comic books were yeah. for kids. Yeah. yeah. Like when you thought of kids and, you know, like, oh, go read your comic books. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, yeah, go get, go, like, you're just reading your comic. Like, you know, like today, mm-hmm. it's like, you're just playing on your phones. Back yeah. then, it was, you're just reading all your comic yeah, books. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. And that's the essence of them, is that they're meant for children's stories, almost. Right. But also in a, in a Greek pantheon sense of way. But then in the 80s, it, it flip-flopped because they wanted to get sales from the adults. So they had to make oh. it darker, grittier, more adult-themed. And in the same way that The Watchmen is. What? So, yeah. And epitomized in Rorschach, epitomized in Comedian, horrifically. All those characters are horrifically flawed. And I think that's best uh, mentioned in, in that movie when they talk about the old uh, Pantheon, which is supposed to be a parallel to the Justice League Society, the 40s version of that team. Um, they go to mental asylums. They die of overdose. They get beaten, stabbed in the streets because they're just too old and can't do this anymore. Yeah. The two people talking about that on a date mentioned how a villain died in an elevator because their like colleague killed him in cold murder. And then they just laugh about it. They're all broken spirits. And that is the characterization of the Watchmen. Because, again, it's this dark mirror reflection of Justice League. And Zack Snyder understood that. And he did it well with all those characters, from the comedian to the anti-hero Ozymandias, who was right in a way, but incredibly flawed and, and just more or less a terrorist, but helps the world in some way, too. Like, it's all so twisted. The issue with that is, is Zack Snyder did that well. But that's not what the Justice League are. Batman isn't twisted. Yes, he is like this anti-hero, but he has morals. He's not like the Punisher, where he's no, just yeah. murdering villains in the street. From the perspective of Justice League, though, I mean, he it doesn't seem like he has any morals. He's kind of just yes. like, let's get Which the is band wrong. back together, baby. Yes. I got mu-. And he, the whole, like, he plays into just like the meta of himself is like, yeah. oh, yeah, I have money. Yeah, that's just what I. So no, actually, don't know if I'm a fan of that. Chunk, chunks of those are right, but chunks right. of those are wrong. He is a character who would do anything to achieve victory, but at the same time, he isn't a. He actually he is a psychopath, but he isn't like this dark, twisted character. That was the 1980s version of Batman. Mm-hmm. If you took the entire essence of Batman, is 
He's an asshole, but he's an asshole who cares. That's the underlying part of Batman. Right. If and you're looking at like Christopher Nolan films and yeah. everything else too, yeah. Or are we just talking Zack Snyder? We're just talking him in comics. Just his in general, entire span from the from 1939. Whoa, when was he debuted? Comic book fans, if he didn't de- debut in 1939, don't kill me. It's either 1939 or 1941. Um, but from that period till now, if you ama- if you amalgamated the essence of Batman, okay. he's a jerk and mm. he lies to his teammates and his loved ones. But he has a heart of gold under that. But he got a cool car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Superman is this epitome of hope. Yep. In the way that yeah. oh, in yeah. this DCEU, Wonder Woman has been, but Superman has not. Yes. Like the in Justice League, in this film, everyone is crushed. Like we yeah. see all these scenes of like the world is in shambles. Mm-hmm. Like nothing will ever be the same. Yeah. Crime is at its highest yeah. rate. We have all these, you know, CGI Superman <laughs> flags that are put yeah. in, which is like, that could have been so cool. You could have put the money you put in yes. for CGI to make a big ass flag and put it on Big Ben and just paid as much money as you did for this shitty CGI <laughs> flag. Like, honestly, come on, man. Anyway. I love, yeah. It's it's all these wrong resources allocated into right. weird places, right? Like, yes. one of the weird behind-the-scenes things is uh, there's, like, a laser in... Maybe that's Batman versus Superman. But instead of making a foam, like, piece of machinery that looked like it was metal on the outside, they spent, like, $2 million on a hunk of metal that wasn't functional and heavy as shit. Just CGI it. Make it out of foam and paint it like metal. It th- like That's one example of how resources have just been completely botched and how they don't understand what the priority here is. Yeah. The Justice League are meant to be a symbol of hope and justice. Right. They're not meant to be this badass, kick anyone if they want to, like has the power of gods and will do use it and do with it as they please kind of deal. It's not Watchmen. Yeah. And I get that you can do darker stories with that, but in the context of what WB was trying to achieve specifically with this film and its time and placement, not the way to go. Yep. And like, it, it's so indicative of his fanboys too. The people were like, Release the Snyder Cut. Release do the it. Snyder Cut. We sign petitions, make it happen. Let me just, yeah, the whole release the Snyder Cut. You know, we got these gamer boys <laughs> sipping gamer fuel, you know, <laughs> sipping that Call of Duty themed Mountain yeah. Dew and shit. The guys who are like, The Last Jedi, just remake it. Yeah, just remake it. F you, yeah. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> you ruined my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, that's the thing, is uh-huh. will this fix everything? We're seeing all this promo. Yeah. You know, and obviously, yes, at this point it hasn't been released yet, but by the time this comes out, it will be here. At this point, with all the hype, and I'm fresh on it, and you and I have been talking a lot about superhero stuff, I said I wasn't going to watch it. I probably <laughs> will now, honestly, because yeah. I kind of want to just get in on what the heck, because it is gaining so much social media traction. Right. The pictures of uh, the new Jared Leto Joker are coming out, uh-huh. and they're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, it was the number one thing yesterday, <laughs> atop all of the political stuff and uh. coronavirus and everything. It was the number one thing yesterday. <laughs> like, that, yeah. come on, will it be different? Will yeah. it change anything? I'm going to take a sip of liquids before I start this thought process. Sipping gamer fuel. <laughs> <laughs> my Mountain Dew yeah. Baja Blast. Brewed by Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'd like to fill in context here. 
The reason Zack Snyder was taken off of Justice League was in the middle of production, one of his daughters, uh, who was 17 at the time, committed suicide. And he oh, took time wow. off of the film completely to spend time with his family. And then Joss Whedon take over, who we know is a monster. Can we know what movies has he done? I think I'm he did, familiar. He did Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He did Firefly and Serenity, that movie. And then quite literally after that, he did Avengers 1 and 2. Okay, and that's he's it. the one that did Avengers yes. 1 and 2. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And the reason you would hire Joss Whedon is because he did Avengers 1 and 2, and this movie is similar enough, so you would think it would work. It's unfair to compare this cut of Justice League to Watchmen because it is, again, the amalgamation of really three entities there. And it wasn't Zack Snyder's fault entirely. The, the answer is to the question of will it make a difference? This is really dependent on the audience. But here's my opinion on that. Having watched Justice League right after Watchmen, there are parts of it that align very well in the sense that, like, it's very stylized. I would venture to say that if WB had given this Justice League DC-centric universe enough time to breathe, that people might have said Justice League would have been better than Avengers. I'm inclined to say that because Zack Snyder, in certain scenes, really captures the feeling of comic book superheroes well. The Avengers are ever so slightly more grounded, and they're limited by their powers, whereas like the Justice League has always been meant as a pantheon of gods. Every single member of the Justice League, including Batman, are the epitome of their power set or their representation okay and when you play with gods it's just more exciting from like an action standpoint yeah and even from like a drama standpoint right they're using all these power they have unlimited powers almost and it makes the action far more and with unlimited power comes like right unlimited responsibility not to cut from another comic book trope right there but also like a weight of guilt and there's cuts of this and parts of this that work really well there's like I think the original scene with Flash meeting Batman plays so well in terms of chemistry, in terms of imagery, in terms of just cinematic pacing. Like there's slow-mo that just breaks everything, but it works in that one. That's a good scene. Yeah. That's a good scene. Yeah. The scene where Aquaman gets into the bar, just that 15 seconds yep. is beautiful. That's a good and scene. And striking. Okay. Right? <laughs> These are like yeah. One. Minute. Yeah. One. Yeah. One. <laughs> ten yeah. seconds. Fifteen People seconds. Don't run with this. Yep. Okay. Do exactly. not sound by nope. me and be like, he loves the yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. There's chunks of it that are good, and those chunks mostly originate from Zack Snyder. Maybe pebbles. 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 Yeah. Pebbles. And of there's a lot the of movie, yeah. there's a lot of parallels between how the two stories flow. Yep. I think Zack Snyder really likes character moments to dictate the story. Mm-hmm. In Watchmen, that's huge. Like, I would remember scenes of Watchmen not from action segments, but from character moments. Mm. Do you remember that part when Manhattan just transported to the to Mars and just played God for a second? Do you remember that moment where the comedian, like, raped Spectre's mother yeah. and how what impact that had on her in her flashback? They're defined by character moments. And Justice League tried to copy that. But it didn't work in the same way. And a large chunk of those character moments are Zack Snyder moments. Mm -hmm. Let's say Zack Snyder did everything he wanted to do. Because no one's saying that he will get another chance at the DCEU. The DCEU actually lost a lot of time because of the reception of this original Justice League cut. They had planned out Cyborg. They had planned out Flash. 
They planned out Batman as a solo film and Superman 2, I believe, as well. All films that we will never see because of how the timeline has affected sales That's and crazy. WB's Justice plan. Justice did not perform well. It didn't, and it ruined the rest of this extended universe. So the answer, will this fix all of that? You can't bring time back. You are not going to get a DC universe that parallels the traction that Marvel has gotten because they're off of the two movies per year now. They've actually grown and evolved past that, and they're going, we're doing streaming shows from now on, and we're going to have content almost month to month for the next five years. They've evolved. They're way past and lapped around DC. So you can't fix that part. The DCU is not dead, but it can never come back to where it was in Marvel's competition. You've lost that. It's mm-hmm. gone. You can't reverse time. Mm-hmm. In terms of bringing back these stories, right, and these characters, certain actors have aged out. Certain actors have spoke out against WB leadership, rightfully so, and maybe will never return to their characters again because of that. Yep. I stand with Ray Fisher on that. Yep. Um, Is he cyborg? He's cyborg. Yes, because they, they really did him dirty. They m- Forever. Forever. That's gone forever. We may never see Cyborg again on that. And so let's say you get the movie of her dreams, fanboys. Let's say, you know, sweaty DC comic book mm. guy from Simpsons. Let's yeah. say you get the movie of her dreams. It does everything. Yeah. It finishes all of the Flash's yes. origin story. Yes. All of Cyborg's just anguish. All those action all scenes. Angst. Dark yep. side. Steppenwolf is spiky now. Yes. Let's all of it. All of yep. it. What is that going to do for you? Right? What is it going to do for you in the end? You get a maybe a good movie. It'll never be as good as like Watchmen, which even Watchmen, I'll give like a 3.5, maybe a four out of five. Okay. Maybe stylistically, it's really good. I think it's got a great script ish, mostly adapted from Alan Moore's great book yes. and writing. Yep. Um, but it's so edgy. It's so edgy that it hurts. And so with Justice League, what are you going to get? These faithful adaptations? Are you really? Just watch the Justice League cartoon, man. Yes. Read just like read DC Rebirth. There's some great stories. Read the stories. Watchmen graphic novel. Read the Watchmen too, graphic honestly. novel. Yeah. Do- Make your own fanfics. Pull yeah. out your toys. Make your own stupid story. Exactly. What is it going to do for you? So like, I don't think it's going to fix anything mm-hmm. other than your crushed expectations. I agree with you on pretty much everything there and i think a lot of people have very strong expectations for this yeah it feels very standalone in what we have right now Mm -hmm. because looking at it from my perspective (laughs) as somebody who you know it's been said on this podcast a bunch Mm -hmm. but this is my definitive um statement i'm not a big fan of comic book movies fair on i have a lot of issues with marvel i have a lot of issues with dc yeah and then that ties into Disney, which owns Marvel. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of issues with their direction, Mm -hmm. their purpose, the money side of things. And I don't agree with it. And I I don't usually like to indulge in them. Will I still to talk about it and to get with the now and fit the (laughs) pop culture and understand what this tweet means? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Why not? I'll see Endgame and, you know, sure. And, you know, do little sniffles like... (laughs) 
do that. I didn't cry, but I shed a tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, engage in the culture. Exactly. I will engage in any culture, <laughs> truly, and I'll yeah. watch it and I'll humor. Yeah, whatever. But I find this movie so intriguing because all of a sudden it's like, yo, mm-hmm. that's not what I wanted. So here's what I wanted. Yeah, four hours. Yeah, that, that, that's crazy. And it, that's insane. A four-hour movie. I yeah. have never seen a four-hour yeah. movie. And let's and talk I've about- watched a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Four hours. How, <laughs> like, how does it? How do you have to be? Like, yeah. does that mean it's going to be that good? Which brings me to yeah. another point I want to kind of talk about is, yeah. if the Snyder Cut is to fix everything, is it going to be good? And then at that point, what makes it good? Like, is this going to be the pinnacle of all of these ensemble movies? Like, what makes a good superhero movie at that yeah, point you know because sure. how is it gonna like kind of going from is it gonna fix it but is it gonna be the perfect example too absolutely that's that's a fantastic question uh it's interesting what 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 components of that make a good ensemble movie and it it really depends on what your your purpose is really right so i think the big one is avengers Let's like looking at Avengers. Uh, you gotta, I, yeah. I, I, you gotta. It, it's oh, that movie blows my mind. Yeah. Like I, I feel like <laughs> even though I'm not a huge fan, I just yeah. remember the first time seeing that movie, mm-hmm. and even now I'm getting excited because it was a huge deal. It was huge. like, yeah. Oh my gosh, they're all fighting crime. Yeah. In the city that we're all familiar with. Yeah. Like they all were, these characters they were from in all these the US, separate movies, and it was a little bit practical. <laughs> you know, like sort of. <laughs> I like that's how you bring. Yeah. That's what you bring out of it, not yeah. the idea that like, I know. oh, we're bringing movies of together, I get the practicality from separate of it. films into one. It's a it's a five part yeah. sequel. What <laughs> like exactly, like, dude? Oh, they shot it in New York City. Fuck, that, yeah, that's awesome. You shot in New York City. That you do you know how hard it is to shut down Fifth and Sixth. God, yeah, the, dude, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A guy over here that gets nauseous <laughs> from too much CGI. I yeah. appreciate the the practical sense of films. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it, to answer your question, uh, or let's, I mean, let's talk about it together because I feel like I'm I'm being a little overbearing. But no, I'll take it. I <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know anything. So yeah, I'm learning too. So to to compare. Justice League and Avengers, what went well, what didn't. Uh-huh. Let's take away the aspect of all these characters were in separate films. Let's take that away because not everything can be a cinematic universe, right? There's different ensemble films out there that aren't superhero cinematic universes. I think one of the things is how to establish individual characters without being so obvious, right? So I think like in Avengers, we got a lot of traits of Captain America, like within 10 seconds, he's punching this bag and in between each punch, each like the sound design on that scene specifically is amazing because with each punch, you feel anguish. You feel like he's punching through the bag somehow that each of those hits not only is destroying this sand, like this vintage sandbag, but also himself. And it's, reinforced by the idea that with each punch snaps a flashback Hmm. that's like in 10 seconds right of Mm -hmm. just or 40 seconds of just punching a bag and you get that this is a man lost out of time who doesn't feel that he belongs and is haunted by his past yeah whereas in (laughs) justice league we have to get 
like Jason Momoa just duding it up. Just bro, yeah. bro, bro. I'm going to drink this whole whiskey <laughs> to ACDC. I don't yeah. want to help you. Why would I help you? I'm Above not- the ocean. Uh, the water <laughs> yeah. is where I'm supposed to be. I'm it's, of two worlds, but neither of the it's worlds. It's like this weird, like, like, leave me alone, mom. Yeah. But it's like, leave me alone, society. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so overbearing without being impactful. Yeah, exactly. It's corny. It's it's cheesy. corny. That's and it's that's it, all it is. Exactly, and it's because it, and it's interesting because I think a lot what has to do with this. Aquaman came after Justice League. Yeah, Avengers. They, I mean, they they had they they. It was set up well. Mm-hmm. The Marvel Universe. I commend them. I clap to them. Yeah, they set it up well. It is a wonderful feat with what they did. It's mm-hmm. absolutely. It's uh, marvelous, I, I should say. <laughs> oh, um, it's incredible. Yeah. Like it's it's really cool how they were able to financially and cinematically be successful, in that they were able to make all these movies mm-hmm. about each character mm-hmm. released before. Obviously, yeah. we didn't have a Black Widow, but the Captain America setup yes. into yes. Avengers that was huge. Like yes. you were saying, we didn't get that with Aquaman. Mm-hmm. We literally didn't get it except for Batman and Superman, kind of. Barely. Like Wonder Woman. Barely. Like maybe Man of barely. Steel. Yeah. Not even a foot of Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? So because they didn't mm-hmm. plan it well. So but we, let's let's talk about Black Widow. Because Black Widow works in Avengers. Oh, yeah. Despite not great. having a solo film. It does. Or being cameos. Yes. Yeah, and why they do is enough. That? Avengers understands a characterization. Good characterization comes from actions, not words. Actions, not words. Like we didn't get an Aquaman movie. But I'll say this as a comic book fan. But we did. We, after after oh, the fact, after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't get an Aquaman movie beforehand. Um, but I'll, I'll say this as a comic book fan, a little bit of insight. So in the Justice League War uh, comic book, which I would say Justice League is like 99% adapted from, mm-hmm. we don't get a sense of Aquaman before that comic book. His story then gets broken down after in his own solo comic book series. But do we need it? No. We get the sense that this is a person who is more or less uninterested by the woes of his teammates because he rules the ocean. The ocean is his concern. However, he has an immense responsibility and power to the ocean, which is 70% of the world. So he'll step up. And he steps up in a way that is impactful because he belongs on the Justice League. He has the power to justify these on there. That's all we need to know about Aquaman. And it works in that story. What doesn't work in this story is they try to do that and all of his origin story and all of his little daddy mommy issues and his world issues. And they shove that in at the last second. And it's like, why do I care that he's talking to Amber Heard in a space bubble? I don't. Action's not words in terms of this ensemble because you're you're pressed for time, right? That's the hard part about ensemble movies. Yes, you are. Yes, you have so many characters and you have so little time. Essentially, you have in a commercial standpoint, Mm -hmm. like maybe two hours, Mm -hmm. maybe two and a half, Mm -hmm. if you want to be financially successful. Yeah. As soon as you go over that, like two and a half mark, you're starting to lose people. Yep. Unless you're Marvel, where you can sell (laughs) and you can make. The highest grossing film of all time would uh-huh. be three hours, <laughs> which is that's, what they did. That's after establishing a cinematic universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but but Black Widow works because what do we get from her characterization, right? Right. That she is a cold-hearted, in, in Avengers 1, that she's a cold-hearted assassin yes. who has a mission at heart, and that's for the betterment of all people, but the mission comes first. Yes. That's the characterization we get from... Avengers, and that's all we need. 
Because then what they we gr- need. Yes, that's all you need because everyone's like, she's so mysterious. Yeah. And they do a good job of just giving you little pieces of little her. Little pieces. And then her becoming vulnerable yeah. within yep. the realm. And yep. it's later on, she can be more and more vulnerable. She can be more fleshed out, more three dimensional. But we got to do this first. People like to relate to superheroes. They like mm-hmm. it when superheroes, in some sort yes. of manner, mm-hmm. come down from their really high pedestal yes. of powers and god complex, mm-hmm. and are just kind of like, "I'm depressed." <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is hard. All of all or, of Batman's or fan or the base. The best one is like, <laughs> "I'm hungry." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. when do you eat? Yeah, when do you literally eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so injustice league. <laughs> yes, exactly. When do they eat? Like. Yeah. Oh, like that one point where mm-hmm. he it was kind of meta where they're like, I'm hungry. Like, yes. what are we going to eat? I like that, honestly. Because yeah. it was kind of making fun of them. And mm-hmm. I feel like that was Zack Snyder's pull on it, too. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was almost just like God. Zack Snyder from, you know, in his mourning of his daughter um, yeah. and away from it, he was still kind of just like, I, I like intended to be this to be kind of like a, a like I'm almost like making fun of the movie as it's going on because <laughs> yeah. yeah. that that was a very Zack Snyder moment. Sure, yeah, 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 absolutely. You know? But that that that's a great scene because the next part about an ensemble film, individuals, but individuals together, chemistry is is important, right? Yes, it is. The chemistry in Avengers works. I don't like quippy humor, and it's become so popular as of late. Mm-hmm. I think it's baseless. It's not baseless. There is some skill needed, but it's not a lot of skill. Right. But it works in that film. There's some people who butt heads. You know, you have your Tony Stark, you have your Captain America. They butt heads. Um, actually, all of them really butt heads, don't they? But they come together for for a common cause. In Justice League, that chemistry never lands in certain parts. I think it was cute how Cyborg and Flash kind of became friends. And it makes sense in that context because they're both the young bucks. Yeah. Um, but that's all they have in common, actually. That's crazy because I don't even remember them being. There you go. See, friends. it's so like, unmemorable. It's yeah. so unmemorable. I hated and still cringe to this day the part where Cyborg and Superman like pull the cube and then Cyborg laughs and says, I hurt. How do I hurt? How does that make sense? It's not funny. It's very cringy. I all hurt. Their, yeah. Really good depth in that sentence right there. Uh, I it's, heard. It doesn't make any sense. It's robotic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so stupid. Oh, my God. I'm actually getting upset now thinking about it. Because Superman is a god who has roots in small town farmland USA. Mm-hmm. He's so down to earth, even though he has the abilities of a literal god. Yep. Here he is meeting a kid, a kid with newfound abilities as a god. They have so much commonality and so much ground that they could find in common. And yet their freaking scene is they laugh and they go, what is that hurt? <laughs> <laughs> what does that hurt? Oh, owie. In this, yeah. yeah, exactly. In yeah. the same acting owie. skill as yeah. that. It's basically, yeah, it's essentially like a little kid just being like, oh, I fell down. Oh, that God. hurt a little bit. Yeah. Oh, wow. As, a, as an outsider, it sucks. It's boring. It's flat. As a person who knows what these characters and these characterization, that's important to say too. If you know these characters, remember that this is Zack Snyder's interpretations of the characters. But even understanding what his direction for these characters are, mm-hmm. there was so much potential and it was so wasted. And maybe that's why people are clamoring for the Snyder cut is of the wasted potential that they see. But ultimately, 
it it just falls so flat that I don't care anymore. That chemistry isn't there. It's like when I watch a, a comedy or a romance and the chemistry isn't there. Why does any of it matter then? Yep. If that underlying foundation, if if you're listening to us and you don't think you have, we have chemistry, rightfully so, turn it off. Turn the podcast off. Yeah, exactly. If we don't work together and yeah. you sense that, mm-hmm. then... Yeah, you don't have to listen to it. If you, it would be hard. Exactly. If you think, you know, an album sounds off key and yeah. you don't like the way that the voice sounds with the music, mm-hmm. then stop listening to yeah. it. To some people, you know. Mm-hmm. And then obviously there's a new wave of, well, maybe I will like it. And mm-hmm. you grow to get familiar with it. Mm-hmm. There's no growing to get familiar no. with Justice League. Nope. Whatsoever. Nope. It is completely flat yep. as far as films go. Yeah. It's not natural. I think the other key part of chemistry is natural chemistry or yeah. or how that grows. The other two comic book ensemble movies that I can think of is Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad. Good juxtaposition there, too, because Suicide Squad was supposed to be basically DC's Guardians. A bad batch done good. Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad sucks so hard for so many different ways, and I'd love to rag on that movie. But their chemistry at the end was like... We're bad guys, but you're my family. And it's like, you've known each other for eight hours, you dunce. <laughs> How are they your family? Why would you die for these criminals? Yeah, Whereas the Guardians, ugh. they became a real family. Right. Misfits, not criminals. A-holes, sure. But they grew, not even to love each other really, but to be there for each other. Right, does, exactly. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. there's a difference They there. still talk. They still yeah. meet up. They reminisce. Yeah. You know? It's not unnatural for them to call each other family at the very end of it, but it might have been for the middle of it. Yeah, and they're the kind of, of too journey. hardcore to even yeah. use that word. We're a family. Yeah. You know? It's implied. Exactly. Why You shouldn't... Yeah, you should not... Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's implied. It shouldn't just be said. Mm-hmm. As soon as it's said, it knows that it's messing up, and it knows that it's trying to push something that it can't quite get to. Mm-hmm. Like... Oh, just yeah. so everyone knows yeah. in the movie, we are a family. Yeah. But they're only going to know that if we say it. And that is not the... You, you say it with your actions. You yeah. say it with the chemistry. Yeah. You don't say it verbatim. You, I, I'll close this in a weird <laughs> way. And if this is the point that makes you turn off the podcast, good on you. But I'll compare it to DC films think chemistry is a Tinder date hookup and saying, I love you the next morning. <laughs> 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 but Marvel is like, uh, like, like a slow burn. Like, I'll get you lunch. I'll get you yep. dinner. I'll go to the movies with you. And right. watch oh, your, hey, sorry, I'm busy movie. tonight. Yeah, you know, setting the boundaries. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's a slow burn. Yes, it's a, it's a forming. It's a, it's a sixty year old marriage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Justice League is yeah. the Tinder date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the one night stand Tinder yeah. date. DC is when. <laughs> DC is when you meet a military guy and he's like, I'm deploying in five days. Yeah. You want to get hooked up? Oh. No disrespect to our uh, our service <laughs> members out there, but you know that's a bad re- You oh know that's a bad gosh. scene. People in the service, you know that's a bad scene. I've been there. I lived the military life. Oh, we all know it's a, that's a bad scene. That's a bad scene. Yeah. You couldn't have picked a better analogy. <laughs> Jason, thank you. I can't thank you enough for educating me, educating the people that may not be familiar with the comic book stuff, for angering the neckbeards, you know, for <laughs> for really all of it all. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your knowledge. It was great to to laugh, but also kind of get down to 
the the nitty gritty of of both of these films. I know. I uh, well, th- first off, thank you so much too. I feel like my comic book knowledge is a borderline debilitating disease. <laughs> uh, it it builds up inside my brain, and the second someone gives me a chance, it just floodgates out. I need an outlet. You've given me that outlet, and I very much appreciate you. I know I've slagged these movies. I really do love this genre with all of my being and ever since I was a small lad. And I think it's because of my passion and love for that genre that I have these opinions. Um, But it's always good to talk about comic books. I really do love them. Read actual comic books. Watch cartoons. Something closer to the source material. And you might get a different appreciation than just watching these blockbuster films. As well as takes on comic books and nerdy stuff, what can the people listening to Double Exposure expect from you? Ooh, yes. Uh, Well, I I do a podcast myself as well. It's called Drinkopedia. You can follow us at Drinkopedia Pod. It's on Spotify, uh, iTunes, anywhere you can really find your podcasts. Uh, It's just great fun. It's me, a couple of my mates, learning things, drinking, trying to teach things, succeeding sometimes. Uh, But it's always good fun, and I really enjoy it. Other than that, if you like me personally for some reason, you can always follow me on Twitter, uh, it's at J J A Y Win N G U I E N underscore C, uh, and that's the same for my Instagram as well. I generally just talk about nerdy things. I also do a little bit of art on the side. Awesome! Thanks, man. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Bear, for having me. It's been a heck of a time. I'm so excited uh, to be here and just talk about comic books and things we love together. Thanks, man. Again, I'm Bear Boswell. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. You can support us by subscribing to us on your chosen podcast player. We put this podcast out for free every two weeks. So if you want to give back, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Five stars is great. And if you want to suggest a film, a topic, or just express your thoughts, get in touch via email at defilmpod at gmail.com. Next time on Double Exposure, myself and a guest will be looking at 1917 and Paths of Glory through the lens of World War I. So check those films out in the next two weeks and be a part of the discussion. Discussion.